Yeah, my name's James, and yeah, it's brilliant. It's so good to be here. And I'm sure, like me, this week you've been probably g- just really shocked afresh, as Andy was saying, about the reality of seeing war um, in Europe. And it is so shocking. And, and, we've, and you've probably seen loads of stories about women from... Um, Ukraine, who've had to flee, and their husbands weren't allowed to leave, so the husbands have stayed, and they've, they've been fighting, and they've signed up to fight. And can you imagine when the, the, the wife of, maybe she's got some little kids, she's taken her little kids to Poland or somewhere, and she's in Poland, like, miles and miles and miles away, and all week she hasn't heard from her husband. Can you imagine just the pain of that every day, thinking, is he still alive? Is he, is he all right? And the kids... It would just be horrendous. But can you imagine after a week, if suddenly her mobile phone rang and she's really nervous, really scared, and answers the phone, and it's his voice. Can you imagine how wonderful that would be if he's saying, look, I'm fine, I'm actually fine, and it's going all right, like, I'm safe. Can you imagine how that would give her and the kids so much life? It would literally would energise. Can you imagine the mood in their flat where they're staying, their family, the whole mood would lift, wouldn't it? You'd feel so much different. And it is is actually so similar to us as Christians that we really are in a war. We really are in a battle and every day you're being attacked, I'm being attacked by enemy forces. That's the reality. But the incredible thing is that God's voice is speaking to us and when we learn just to hear a little bit of his voice, it totally changes our day. It totally changes our week. It totally changes our month. The voice of the Lord is so powerful. And I'm convinced that most of us, we've, well, I, I know myself, and I think a lot of the church in the UK, we've kind of forgotten to hear, how to hear God's voice. And he wants to teach us afresh how to hear his voice and to be encouraged and to be strengthened and lifted up. Um, We are created, you've been created to hear the voice of God. A bit like Adam and Eve in the garden. They heard God's voice. It doesn't even say that they saw him. Maybe they did, but it keeps saying that they heard him. They heard him walking, then they heard his voice. And all the way through the Bible, whenever a man or a woman heard the voice of God... What did it do? It completely transformed their lives. The voice of God is so beautiful and powerful. Better than any medicine or herbal remedy or anything. We need the voice of God. And I think God wants to unblock some ancient wells in our minds. He wants to unblock some ancient wells in our hearts this morning. And this is going to really help us if we can, if we can get this this morning. So Lord, help us to hear your voice afresh. So today we're going to look at this really simple topic. It says prophecy, but basically it's just hearing the voice of God and then telling it to other people. Helping each other to hear the voice of God. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, he said this when he was being tempted by the devil. Man doesn't live just by physical stuff like food and bread and drink alone. We actually live by hearing the voice of God. It's actually the voice of God that nourishes us more than food and drink and wine and other things. Isn't that amazing? The voice of God is so beautiful and so precious. 
And it's really easy for us to think, and I don't blame you at all this morning to think, but actually, hang on James, we've already got the Bible. Why would we need God to speak again? Because he's already said everything he wants to say in this book. And I don't blame you for thinking that this morning. But it misses the point. Because God's word is not just paper with ink on it. Okay? Like Andy actually said this morning, this morning already, God's word is a person. God's word, it says in John 1, is Jesus. He is God's word. And so when we read the Bible, I mean Jehovah's Witnesses study the Bible way more than any of us probably. Um, the Pharisees, they studied God's word way more than any of us. They studied the book and the ink, but they never encountered God's word. And, and the danger is when we read this Bible is that we can read the Bible without encountering the word of God. What we need is the life of this. We need the Holy Spirit to grab these words, to grab these sentences and pick them up and breathe them into our hearts. And that is an incredible experience. And that is what Jesus is saying we live by every day. We don't live by just reading words on a page. You know, we live by the Holy Spirit grabbing these amazing truths and breathing them, speaking to them into your situation at work that's stressful this week, into your neighbor that's harassing you, <laughs> or any, any situation. The Holy Spirit breathes them into those situations. And yes, this is perfect. It, there's no flaws, there's no blemishes, no mistakes. This is our perfect plumb line. You know a plumb line when you build a building. You hang it up and it tells you what is straight. So if anyone ever brings a prophecy and says, God's saying this, God's telling me how, that I should steal my neighbor's Ferrari, but then you can get out, get out the word of God and measure it with that. And straight away it says in the Old Testament... And especially if it backs it up in the New Testament, then you know it's for us today. It says don't steal. Old Testament and New Testament. So you know they haven't really heard from God. So it's like a powerful measuring tool. So, we need the Holy Spirit to speak into into our hearts. We're going to look really quickly now at this great passage that Liz read out. 1 Corinthians 14. And Paul has just been telling this church in Corinth all about love. Yeah, thanks. You could keep this slide up for quite a while. So he's saying, follow the way of love. You know, sometimes in church we can easily be loveless and not really love one another. It's so easy. I can so easily slip into that, to be a loveless church. But we need to really love one another in the way that Christ has loved us. But this is really odd. Follow the way of love. How does he tell us to do this? How? How can we really love each other? How can we really build each other up? How can we really set each other free? How can we really help each other? Well, in Ukraine, if we really want to help Ukraine, we need to send them some amazing weapons or help them fight. If we really want to love each other in church, in this battle that we're in, it says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Isn't that a bit weird? What's gifts of the Spirit, like prophecy, healing, things like that, got to do with love? Aren't they two different things? Well, no, Paul is saying they are, they are the same. If you, 
if I prophesy over you because I love you, I want you to be set free from that whatever, anger issue or fear issue, anxiety issue, insecurity. I want you to be set free. I want you to rise up as a child of God. I want you to be happier in God. I want you to be more joy-filled in God. So the gifts of the Spirit... um, just saw a friend at the back there. <laughs> hey, David. <laughs> the gifts of the Spirit are powerful. And they release God's love in our hearts. And I don't think often we see the gifts of the Spirit as gifts of love. But that's what they're for. Um, she's not here yet, but Mary Rimmer, often in meetings that I've been in, and Andy would have seen this hundreds of times, she'll often go up to someone, and I experienced this at the conference I was at last week, and she would just say, I've got a word for you. And I've seen it even the last week, a couple of times, where she's had a word for someone, and it has completely transformed their life. So she'll say to someone, look, I can just see there's a black padlock on your waist, God wants to take this padlock off, and the padlock just represents anxiety or anger issues, And she just prays for them, and it gets released. She tells it to leave. And I was at a conference with the staff team this week. I was just worshipping in the the time of worship, and Mary just came up to me. She said, "Um, James, I just feel Jesus saying that when you were a child, you didn't receive God's love as well as you could have. You've received God's love as an adult, but not as a child. And that's really damaged you how you are now. And it was really weird, because on... In the car on the way up, I was just telling that to Pipe. I hadn't told it to Mary at all. And God just said it to her. And then she prayed for me. And she said, the Lord says to you, James, when you were young, you were carrying the pearl of great price, which is a story Jesus told. The pearl of great price is Jesus. You were carrying Jesus. And you carried Jesus really well. And God says, well done. You were brilliant as a child. And, you, and God loved you as a child. And that made such a difference to me. Deeply. It wasn't like superficial. It deeply um, kind of, I think, has changed me. It wasn't just words. It was a weapon of warfare. It set me free. It broke damage in my heart. It healed me up. And I honestly think the church in the UK, we know, is in, often in decline, in a desperate situation. And we need to love one another. How do we love one another? We need to, we need to use our gifts to build each other up. So, the second thing. So Paul says, follow the way of love. And then he says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire them. He's telling us this morning, every person here, if you are a believer in Jesus, Paul is saying, you must eagerly desire spiritual gifts. This is a command so direct, so black and white. Eagerly desire. Why? Because they are so helpful. And our church will never reach maturity, will never mature and grow up unless we learn to use spiritual gifts. Because they're the only way we grow into maturity. And then it says this, especially in yellow, especially, so eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. And I find this so helpful, this verse, because it's, 
confusing, like, God, what gifts should I focus on? There's so many gifts, like tongues, like healing, miracles. This is so helpful. Let's just focus on this one. Paul's just saying, look, yes, the other ones are brilliant. Go for them. But if there's one you should go for, he's saying, ask for the gift of prophecy. Because in a way, it is better than the other gifts. It's better than healing. It's more powerful than healing. It's more powerful than the gift of tongues. It is just incredible. He's saying especially the gift of prophecy. It is so powerful. And I think Jesus really wants to encourage us this morning that each one of us can have this gift. Paul actually says, all of us can prophesy. So eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And the next verse it says this. Because the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. This is why Paul sees this gift at the top of the list. Because it is more powerful, more powerful than any other gift in building up your friend, building up your family, building up your church. And these words, what do they mean? Strengthen literally means to build up a building. If you look at the Greek, the word strengthen means to build up a house. And we know that we are the house of God, where God comes and dwells. This word, to strengthen. So when you prophesy over someone, you tell them what God is saying, it strengthens them, it builds them up, it transforms them. Then it says it encourages them. Don't we need more courage today as Christians? We desperately need some fresh courage. When you speak God's word to someone, it encourages them. And it comforts. It consoles. It calms. gives peace. So how does prophecy do these amazing things? Well, like I said, prophecy is literally, all it is is this. Hearing God's voice and telling it to somebody else. That's all it is. Any of us can do that. Okay, we, don't, we won't all be prophets, just like all of us can go fishing, but we won't all be fishermen, all right, for our job. Like, we won't all be prophets, but we can all prophesy because it's actually very easy. It's just hearing what God's saying and telling it to someone else. The most basic prophecy, if you just feel like someone needs to know they're loved, this is the most basic, basic level, and you just feel God's love for them. You say, hey... Paul, God really, really loves you. He adores you. And that thing that you've been worrying about this week, he's got it sorted and he's got a plan. He's going to provide for that. And he's got a plan for providing for that. And, um, and it can change people's lives. Okay? <laughs> I can see a picture of you brushing your teeth, Paul. I don't know what this means, but as you're brushing your teeth this week, I can see... Um, a spider of anxiety, almost like a spider creeping, anxiety creeping in and telling you God's not going to provide for this. God won't give you enough for that. And the Lord is just saying, Paul, I, you are my precious son. I adore you so much. I have literally laid out every provision that you need for every week of your life and every month of your whole life. I provide for you freshly and I adore you. I love you. Okay, that's a very basic level of prophecy, but did it mean anything to you? Okay, yeah. Very clearly so. All right. 
Even brushing teeth? All right, he brushed his teeth. Okay, so that was the most basic level of prophecy. Okay, but that was so easy. I was just feeling, I looked at Paul and I felt God's love, how much God loves him. It's incredible, okay? I could, you, we could do that for every person in the room and they would all feel transformed in some way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you've been very anxious. Yeah, okay, that's great. That's great. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, um, just what's your name? Hey? Asha. Asha, I can see a gateway in my mind. When I look at you, I can see a gateway and I feel the Lord is saying he's going to open a new gateway for you at school. Um, I don't know if it's, with, in fact, I know you're into sports already, but I don't know if it is to do with sports or with education, but I can see a new gateway opening, and God's going to give you opportunities, and you're going to go through, it's a beautiful, big, grand gateway, beautiful, old building, lovely, and um, I can see you going through, and it's going to release new opportunities in your life, and, and the love of God in your life, okay, so, yeah, I could just see that. Literally, we could go on all morning for every person because God never stops speaking. You know, when God wrote Revelation, when he finished the Bible, he didn't retire. He didn't, he's not sitting in a chair with duct tape on his mouth. No, he is, all, you know, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And God speaks. God spoke here. This is our plumb line. But he never stops speaking. All the time he's speaking. Um, and God wants us to hear and to tell each other. Um, okay. So why is God's voice so powerful to us? Well, ultimately, we're created to hear God's voice. It was God's voice in the first place. If, if you're a Christian this morning, it's God's voice that drew you to Jesus. It was only because of God's voice whispering, whispering, that you responded to Jesus. Isaiah 55 says this. I don't know if you've got it on the screen, guys. um, Give ear. Oh, no, not sorry. It's probably not there. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. When we hear God's voice, our souls come alive. Who here wants their soul to come alive in a new way? You know, our souls can fall asleep. Our souls can be so sleepy to God. I want my soul to come alive. Whenever I hear God's voice, like I did this week, I come alive again. Um, Psalm 29, you can stick this one. Now, King David, we know, he was a man. He was living a normal life as a shepherd boy. And the voice of the Lord came to him and his life was transformed. And he lived from the voice of the Lord. He said this out of his own experience. And these are metaphorical pictures. He's talking about trees and lightning. But actually, he's talking about his own life. He's, He's talking about his kingdom and the armies that have been defeated by God's word. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. Wow. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. 
Even just the first line is enough. The voice of the Lord is powerful. And I think some of us, we need some fresh power in our lives. Well, God wants to unblock our ears so we're hearing his voice. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, God's word is so powerful. And also, in Genesis 1, do you remember what created the world? It was when God spoke. God said, let there be light. Let there be land. Let there be. God's voice is always creative. Okay? And God is still creating things in our hearts. And he still does it through his voice. So when you pray for someone and you just say, look, I just feel God wants to do this. It actually, God is creating something new in their hearts when you're saying it. This is the power of prophecy. When you're speaking God's words, it creates new things. So you can, say why, you can see why Paul is saying this is the most important gift. It's so powerful. Um, guys, can you go back to this slide again about the script, um, 1 Corinthians 14? In verse 5 it says this. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. So Paul's saying, Christ Church, I want all of you to speak in tongues, but prophecy is even better than that. I want you all to prophesy. And the enemy wants you and me to believe this morning that prophecy is just for some special spiritual people, some kind of high-up leaders. That's the enemy's plan. But prophecy is the most natural gift to all of us. It is for all of us. Like Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So I want to just really challenge you. When you next pray for somebody, whether you're at home alone or whether you're in connect group, why don't you just say, God, would you just give me one little message for that person? One little message. And as long as it's encouraging, as long as it builds them up and helps them to feel loved, tell them that. Tell them. And it will transform their lives. So I've pretty much um, finished, but here's the last verse. If you just put this... Um, oh, no, it's not up there. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Verse 24. It says this. If an unbeliever comes into church whilst we are prophesying... He will be convinced by all that he's a sinner. He'll be judged by all and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, claiming God is really amongst you. Don't we really want non-believers to meet us and to be cut to the heart and to become Christians? God's voice is so powerful for unbelievers. Um, me and Andy were in Zizi this week. This is just a very low-level basic example because... I haven't done this much lately, but when we were walking out, I just glanced at a waiter. He wasn't even our waiter, but it was, he was a young guy. And straight away when I looked at him, I saw a picture of cogs and mechanics. So I just felt, right, I've got to go and speak to him. So I thought, right, how am I going to tell him this? What am I going to say? So I, and it's worth, when you get a picture for someone, just stop and think. Do I need to tell them that picture? Or do I just need to tell them the message behind the picture? But I felt I should tell them the picture. So I said, look, um, we're from the church. We believe that Jesus speaks today. And I could see a picture for you of lots of cogs and mechanics. And I 
field. God wants to use you in mechanics and in engineering. Um, and his literally his jaw dropped. He was like, wow, recently I've started university and I'm doing mechanical engineering. I was like, wow, brilliant. Well, can I pray for you? So he said, yeah, of course you can. Like he was really keen to be prayed for because he knew that God had seen his heart. So, so I said, can I put my hand on your shoulder and prayed for him? And then, so that was a word of knowledge. That was something about the past or the present. And then I started to prophesy just a little bit. I said to him, the Lord says he's going to use you in the future in powerful ways to invent things, new things. Um, anyway, he was just so bowled over by it and was blessed by it. And he went away that night thinking about Jesus and knowing that Jesus loved him. That was so easy. It was so low level. But do you know what? It just takes a bit of practice. Um, so just to finish off, how do we actually do it? Well, firstly, realize it is so easy. It is so basic. God's sheep will hear his voice. This is basic level, easy Christianity for any, even brand new Christians. God's sheep hear his voice. But it's not normally an audible voice like, Sylvia, Donnie, say this. Say that. God doesn't speak like that normally. He normally, how does he speak? Well, I'm sure you've experienced. It's just a thought in your mind a lot of the time. Just an impression. It actually feels like it's your own thought. You just suddenly think something about someone else. And if it's really helpful and it's, it's loving and encouraging and, and insightful, it's probably God. And it's usually often the first thing that comes into your mind. And with me, and I think with Carol as well, we often have pictures. I don't know if you've, anyone experienced that. You suddenly have a picture of something in your mind. And what I often do is I straight away, I capture it in my mind and then I park it there. And if it keeps coming back, I just know it's the Lord. I just know it. So that's how I do it anyway. But pictures can be really helpful. And there's obviously other ways as well, but we've run out of time this morning. But I just want to, would love to pray for us before we finish. Um, you know, the most exciting way God has ever spoken to us, it says in Hebrews, in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son who came and died on a cross and rose again. And if you get nothing else from this morning, know that you are totally and utterly loved. And God has bought you with his blood. He has paid for all of your bad stuff, all of your sin that you're ever done or ever going to do is being paid for. And God wants to tell you that this morning. He's paid for it. You are clean if you've accepted Jesus. But not only that, now you are free to hear the voice of God. So let's, let's pray together. Maybe you, you can stand up if you want to stand or sit down. Just for 20 seconds, let's pray together. Jesus, we would love to hear your voice. And I want to pray for these amazing people here. That you would open our spiritual ears and unblock them if there's like spiritual wax in there unblock the ancient wells and let your people hear your lovely voice thank you that your voice is powerful and majestic and effective and it builds us up it encourages us strengthens Lord would you release that upon every person